Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thanks for stopping by. Let's talk stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all let it grow together. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you uh, for tuning in for another episode and uh, coming to you from a new microphone I just picked up at Best Buy earlier today. Um, So hopefully I'm sounding a little bit clearer. You can hear me a little bit better. And uh, definitely noticed a couple things while I was at Best Buy. Uh, Got a little bit of insight on some of the companies that are some of our favorites. Um, They had a Google Chromebook uh, specialist there. Who uh, who helped me uh, purchase a uh, a laptop or a Chromebook, and uh, got some insight from some of the computer techs that uh, their their shirts say Microsoft expert and seem to know a good bit about uh, you know the microphones, which really wasn't a Microsoft product at all, but uh, also about like uh, Wi-Fi extenders and things like that that I was looking for, and uh, definitely uh, felt like it was a. Uh, a pretty good experience you know i used to work there way back in the day but uh, that was in car audio so com- completely unrelated to computers i'm not a computer person by any stretch but uh, definitely got some good insight and you know uh, some good knowledge on what i needed and helped me out get some the right products for what i'm trying to do here um, so I did notice while I was there that uh, they are offering a new subscription service, which I had heard about uh, through a, an interview with the CEO uh, of Best Buy. And uh, it's called Best Buy Beta. And it's going to be offering uh, member pricing on the products, unlimited Geek Squad technical support, and uh, up to two years of protection on most of their products that they sell. Uh, free standard shipping online couple other things that they that they're offering and that service is uh 199 a year or 179 if you're a best buy credit card holder and uh definitely got me thinking about you know how best buy is doing as a company and uh you know they've been on a good run here over the past uh you know six months or so or really over the last year but uh so i've been, I've been looking and seeing that the ceo definitely the uh, has some some different ideas for taking the company and trying to get them to compete more against Amazon, to compete more against some of the other uh, online players, to where you still want to go towards a Best Buy rather than just you know Best Buy being the the shopping or the the showroom for Amazon. You know, you go there, you get the look and feel, you see what you want, and then ultimately go on Amazon or eBay or wherever, and you're purchasing these items elsewhere. You know, they've uh, they've really kind of turned the company around. I feel like you've got more of a reason to buy your products at Best Buy, you know, with the free shipping or with uh, some of the better pricing or the fact that they're they're uh, people that work there know what they're doing and they're a little bit more helpful than than going online to buy a computer. You know, for me, I go and I need sometimes some help on, hey, well, you know, what what is it? What are these? features that I'm looking at and why should I be paying $50 more for it? This, that, the other, you know, it's sometimes if, if you know what you you need, Amazon's a great spot, but other times, you know, you want to see how things look, feel and, and make sure it's the right pick for you. So I definitely think that they've, uh, they've stepped their game up. 
they've got some different things going for them. Um, stock wise, they've been, they've been doing well. Um, you know, they've, they've definitely, uh, right now they're at a, a 12.4, uh, percent PE ratio, which is, uh, relatively cheap for most of the market. I mean, on average, the, the S and P trades between 15 and 18 times on that price to earnings multiple. Uh, so sometimes technology companies are going to be higher, your retail and, uh, like banks, things like that will be lower. And that just means that they're cheaper companies. So if you look at Amazon and you say, oh, it's trading at 60 times earnings, that's more expensive, regardless of what the, uh, the actual dollar amount price is of that stock. The, the PE is generally what we refer to when we're looking for a, a cost basis as to where it was and where it's going. So you kind of get a little bit more knowledge out of looking at the PE of a company rather than just the share price. You know, so for that reason, you know, I can, I can say that, uh, Best Buy at 119 currently at a 12 times PE ratio is, uh, is on the cheaper side. I, I'm not saying it's a screaming buy. It's just definitely some things that I saw while I was there. You know, the analyst upside on this one is 12.8%, which is pretty reasonable. You know, I, I generally look for uh, a little bit more if I'm, I'm going to start a position. I want to make sure I'm at the bottom of where it's going to be trading and it's been trending up. Uh, so, you know, it might not be a buy right this second, but if it pulled back to, you know, 105, 110, it might be something to look at for me. Um, but you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be opposed to, to starting a position. You know, you do have a, uh, 2.3% uh, dividend yield on this. So you're going to get some money while you wait, you know, not, not all that much, but, uh, it's got some growth potential and it's got a dividend. So that's definitely nice too. No, but uh, it's definitely a, a solid subscription model that seems like a lot of companies are going towards. And, you know, kind of got me thinking about some of the picks that we made in the, the past episodes and how many of these companies really rely on that script subscription business in order to uh, make more money or have that recurring revenue that uh, makes these companies, you know, unstoppable. And, you know, a, a lot of them, a lot of like the, the blue apron and, you know, some of the, the Hulu and things like that have that subscription model too. But, uh, what I'm really looking for when I'm looking for a subscription company is one that when they take that price and they bump it up a dollar or $2, either a month or a year, you're not thinking, oh man, I'm going to cancel that. You, you really want those companies that they're sticky, that if, when they, when they up that price, their customers aren't going to even look at it twice. They're just going to pay it and move on because the, the service that they get is better than the cost that they're paying additional, you know, and some of these, some of these companies that we had talked about, uh, do exactly that. You know, Amazon one is, is the big one. You know, they, they kind of started Amazon prime and it's slowly creeping up and it's automatic. No one even looks twice. It, it's just, you know, I'm, my prime membership renewed. I don't even know when mine renewed, but I'm sure I paid it and I'm sure it was more, but you know, I think we've all gotten to the point where we know that it's there and unless it's some, you know, double, triple the amount, I don't think anyone even knows what it was last year. So that's, that's kind of the model that I'm looking for when you're looking at, uh, these companies with subscriptions and it definitely helps as a, uh, a recurring revenue stream for these companies 
to provide better uh, product and service and still have that, that money coming in to where it's almost a buffer for um, sometimes selling products at cheaper prices. You know, think of like a Costco or Sam's Club to where they're, uh, they're getting the money up front, but then, you know, you, you might save a dollar or two on a product. Let's say, you know, if, if people don't go there, they're still getting the money even if they're not shopping. So that's definitely uh, a play that might make sense when you're looking for more of a retail pick to, to spread that portfolio out, to get that diversity that we need to have a, a, a well-rounded portfolio. Um, you know, like Tesla does similar things with some of their services to where, uh, you know, some of the, the service end of their, their company is a uh, subscription and uh, like Neo in China, the EV maker that we talked about, you know, they're uh, going to be selling the batteries separate of the car and you can pay for the batteries on a monthly service as well. So then when you go buy your next Neo, you already have the battery and you can take it to the next car. So things like that to where, you know, you build that customer base in a company like Neo and then they have the battery and it's like, okay, well, the battery was $10,000. Sure. I paid for it over five years. I didn't really notice it then, but now I have this $10,000 battery. Sure. You could sell it or, you know, you can just buy another Neo car. You're getting a discount on the vehicle because you can pay for the battery separate. So it's a, a service that, you know, they, they will allow you to have a more updated battery or rotate them out due to their battery swapping that they offer which is a big benefit of Neo to where they can swap a battery in under three minutes in their new uh, battery swap stations versus Tesla or any of the other traditional EVs where you have to charge them and wait, you know, a supercharger. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how fast they are. I believe you can charge with under, under 30 minutes and go, you know, an, another charge it up to like 70% or something like that. Um, where Neo, you know, they, they have these stations in China because they don't have the space to have all these charging stations put in. They've got these, uh, the, the battery swap stations to where you pull in and they can change hundreds of batteries in a day and they're constantly charging them. Uh, so that, that's definitely a case where, um, you know, the, the EVs and the automakers, even Volkswagen offers, uh, warranty work to where everything is or not even warranty work, but they offer a subscription to where you're paying monthly for any repairs that are going to need to be done on the company, on the car. And, uh, you know, just as a play on those, uh, companies that generally used to have a lower, uh, profit margin and they're finding ways to make more money out of the customers that they have, because I mean, you know, let's face it, you know, car companies in the past, some people would buy a car, hold on to it for six, seven years. And then, you know, maybe they'll come back to the company. Maybe they won't. And, you know, that customer retention and customer acquisition is uh, a costly thing for these companies to, to advertise and to build that brand definitely takes a lot of money. So if they can keep those customers happy and charge them throughout the use of their product, they're, they're making more money. Hopefully the customer sees it as a value and they want to keep paying for that service. Um, you know, so those are a couple EVs or car makers that uh, are offering different subscription based models in order to, to drive that profit margin to ultimately make more money and hopefully build a longer standing customer. Um, but, you know, like Disney and Netflix, 
you know, Netflix started the subscription and Disney didn't have a, any kind of platform, but then with uh, Disney plus, you know, now they're getting that $70 a year to where, you know, it's recurring. And again, it's, it's kind of automatic and people generally don't look at it. You know, if you have kids and they like Disney, it's, you know, you probably got an account or are using one. So it's, it certainly keeps that product in the forefront of people's minds. It makes you think, Hey, I'm, I'm paying for this. I should use it. You see the app or, you know, the, the different things that you use on, on a daily basis. And it reminds you, Hey, I've got this subscription. I might as well be doing something with it. Or even just puts that, that brand right in front of you on a daily basis. So, you know, the, the companies that, uh, can drive that money and drive that profit margin up just little by little, uh, when, when they institute these higher fees are companies that you want to possibly think about being in, you know, like, like Microsoft and Adobe, even, you know, they, they both will slowly increase these prices to where, you know, the software used to be a flat rate, you know, $200 gets you this program, but now they just kind of keep updating the program and keep charging you a little bit more every time. So you're not going to get that software that's going to last you four years or however long you want to try to use the same program, but you're going to be forced to pay little by little for the, uh, for the service. And if, if you're on Adobe or if you're using Photoshop or Lightroom, these are all products that the people that use them know and love. And, you know, to, to get someone who's doing a bunch of content creation to go to another service after they've been using one that they love for that long is, is slim. So those small increases add up to a, a lot of uh, extra capital for these companies. And they can also turn that into uh, dividends or buybacks or whatever to help that price of the stock go up. So it's just more flexibility, uh, more capital in their pockets. And generally that's a great model of a company that I would say you want to invest in. So be on the lookout for, uh, these types of companies and companies that are a very sticky in what they offer and where the, the customer ultimately doesn't want to leave regardless of, uh, a three to, you know, maybe even 10% increase in that product price. All right, guys. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about today was uh, buybacks from uh, some different stocks right now. But uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to thank you guys greatly for all the, the likes and shares, uh, the comments and questions. It really does mean a lot to me to uh, to be reaching people uh, both locally and around the world. You know, I mean, I'm here in uh, right outside of Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, I'm really uh, happy to see some of the reach around our country and abroad. You know, we've apparently got some people listening from Germany and from Canada, which is really cool to see. I uh, definitely appreciate you guys uh, being here and sharing the podcast. You know, I would would definitely like to uh, reach more people and uh, be able to uh, to help others. You know, I really wanted to start this to um, make sure that the people who were unsure of the market or how it worked really had a, uh, a, a handle on what it was and what it is, how to invest, how to get started. And, uh, I, I think I've said it before, but you know, a lot of the, um, shows or YouTube or any of the other financial people tend to talk in, in a language that is kind of one of their own. 
to where you got to know all the different shorthand and uh, hopefully I'm not doing that too much. I, I really want to make sure to explain what's going on. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely appreciate you guys sharing it. So others that uh, might be on the fence about investing can at least wrap their heads around it. You know, if you're, if you're listening on a car ride or walking the dog or, you know, uh, enjoying your morning coffee, it, it'd be great to know that some others, uh, can get that same knowledge as well. And, you know, if you have any questions, uh, I'd, I'd love to answer them. So please feel free to reach out either on the Facebook group or, or messaging through the, uh, the anchor or Spotify channels. Um, but also if, uh, if you wanted to help support the podcast, there are options on Spotify to do that. And, you know, I mean, mean a lot, um, you know, for uh, as little as like 99 cents a month, you can help support the channel. So, but, uh, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. And, uh, hopefully this information is helping you out, but, uh, as promised, I wanted to get in the topic of buybacks. So when, uh, companies are doing really well and they're making a lot of money, they often have, uh, excess cash that they, uh, don't always know what to do with, well, I guess they know what to do with it, but they want to increase shareholder value. So they will take uh, some of this extra capital and they're going to put it back into the company. They're going to buy back the shares. So when they buy back the shares, uh, that helps decrease the amount of shares that are outstanding uh, for, for usual traders. So say they had, you know, 10 million shares out and they, they bought, you know, 500 share, 500,000 shares back. You know, now there's only 9.5 million shares out there for the rest of the world which makes the uh, shares more valuable. So um, the number one repurchaser of, uh, of their own shares had been technology companies. You know, companies like Apple and Microsoft have been doing a lot of buybacks to drive that share price up, but also use some of this extra capital they have from being premium operators. Um, with the pandemic, uh, everything that was going on, banks were not allowed to buy their shares back because they wanted to make sure that if there was a financial crash, uh, the, the Fed uh, institutes a policy that they have to have a certain amount of cash liquid for a crisis. So they, uh, they do something called a stress test uh, on the markets and they put it through different situations of, okay, well, let's pretend that this event happened or we need you know to fund this amount of money to the public or to companies to keep them afloat and to keep our country operating as it should. So um, they had a, a stress test earlier this summer and all these banks passed no, pretty much no problem. Uh, so some of these banks are now buying their shares back. And, uh, you know, some that you really could be looking at right now, uh, JP Morgan, uh, Morgan Stanley, both are, are doing pretty good. Uh, well, both are great operators, but their, their buybacks are, are pretty large as well. Uh, Wells Fargo is another one that is doing uh, heavy buybacks right now and Ally Financial, uh, even Citibank, you know, so you're, you've got a bunch of these companies buying their shares back, which kind of shows that the, the company thinks that the stock is cheap and that by them owning it, it will help their balance sheet grow larger. Plus they're helping the stock price go up due to the, uh, and the amount of shares out there being less. So you've got these companies that are, um, buying back and you also have, um, interest rates 
that are very low right now on the 10 year, which is the a 10 year from, from the fed is at like 1.25 ish, give or take right now. So that number is going to be going up. So a rising interest rate is good for a bank stock because when banks can charge more interest, they're going to be making more money. That's how they're going to operate. That's how they're going to make more money as well as fees and, you know, uh, account maintenance fees and things like that. Uh, so you've got the buybacks, you've got interest rates going up, which all fares well for bank stocks and, and bank stocks, like I said earlier, tend to trade cheaply. So when you're looking at like a JP Morgan, who is a premium operator in the space, right? Um, you're looking at a PE of 10.7. And remember I said that Best Buy was 12 point, I forget what they were, 12.8 or something like that. And that I consider cheap. JP Morgan is one of the, the best of breed and they're trading at a 10.7 times multiple, which is very cheap. Um, typically, like I said, S&P stocks trade on a, you know, generally an average would be between 15 to 18. So 10 times is on the low end. Um, so JP Morgan uh, has only a 6.6% upside. Uh, it does pay a dividend. So, you know, you're going to get that 2.24% dividend, but they are one who looks to raise their dividend as well. So you've got uh, a good situation where the uh, analysts do have an upside. The company's buying the stock back left and right, hand over fist. I mean, it's just the amount of money that these companies are putting into buybacks is, is insane. But then you've got rising interest rates and, you know, it's trading fairly cheap. Um, so it's all kind of a long-term company. You know, I, I see these bank stocks doing well in the future. And once we come out of uh, all this inflation, we're going to have a more stable interest rate, probably closer to two. And that will certainly help these stocks get back to where they were, you know, but in comparison to like a JP Morgan, when you look at Citigroup, they're only trading at a 7.5 multiple. They pay a 2.8% dividend and uh, they're going to have a 24.9% upside. So currently we're $72. Um, the, the average price target from these analysts is 90.75. So, you know, you've got roughly $18 of upside on this stock within the next 12 months. So this is one that I've held for a long time. I've actually owned both for quite some time now. Um, it is a long position for me. They do pay dividends and they've done pretty well. Uh, you know, bank stocks are generally not the fastest growing, but generally speaking, they're, they're very stable and they, they tend to pay out these dividends very regularly and they try to uh, increase their dividends and they're always looking to buy back these shares. So it could definitely be a good spot to park some money with the current um, situation in, in the macro economy, you know, what the government's doing, how the, co uh, the country and the world is uh, right now in a monetary sense. You know, there's, there's tons of capital out there, uh, liquid on the sidelines still that people have to invest. And, you know, I think they want to get in on these trends before they, before they go up. So when you, when you look at these bank stocks, you know, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, 
Citibank, Morgan Stanley, e- even Bank of America to some extent. Um, they they all have some some good upside right now, and I, I think they're in a, a market where you're going to be going with the flow of what the government and what the political scene looks like. You know, I'm really not out here to talk politics. I, I want to see how politics affect our money. And when you can work with uh, politics or the general flow of where things are going, it's a lot easier to make money. So, you know, you want to you wanna look for those trends to see where the, uh, the rates are going and to see where, where your money can, can do best. And I, I think right now, bank stocks uh, could be a good spot to be. And uh, it's definitely worth looking into. So those are a couple names that I would look at. Uh, but bank stocks in general, if you, you've got a favorite, you know, definitely look into where you bank and see if they can pay you instead of you just paying them fees every month. But, uh, you know, good spot to look. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I uh, definitely appre- appreciate you stopping by and checking it out. And uh, hopefully I sound clearer on this uh, this new mic. And uh, be sure to be looking out for those trends on the uh, subscription companies. They definitely have a lot to offer. And you got to know that if you're... Uh, paying a little bit more, you're willing to pay a little bit more every month and you see other people doing the same thing, you know, whether it's at soccer practice or at work or on a conference call and you see these people who talk about they can't get enough of XYZ company, you know, it could be a a good spot to get some ideas for where your money could go as well. So that's what I've got for you guys today. Uh, Thanks for stopping by and we'll, uh, I'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.